Hi, and welcome to episode 24, 24 of the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Jordan just corrected me during the intro. He's like, you said 24 two times, so it's 2,424th. Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah. Hi again. I'm your host now and into the foreseeable future indefinitely, Drew Stoutenberg. Joined live in studio as always by producer Jordan. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Thank you. Love to hear that. I want to ask you here on the air now that we're talking because we haven't. Sometimes Jordan and I will catch up for a little bit before we get rolling. Usually he comes over. We hang out for about 20 minutes in the chairs. We just talk, whatever. But this is a topic I wanted to hear your live reaction on the air. What did you think of dinner last night? <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Ask Jordan a question. He begins to explain it, and I have to interject. I made dinner for Jordan and Monica last night over at their house. I made my secret recipe, Penang curry. It's a red Thai curry. It's not a secret, though. The recipe, I found it on some website. But what did you think? It was the best thing I've ever had. I told my mom you said that. I woke up this morning and I went, oh, Penang. <laughs> that becomes a term that you just use in different different moments of emotion in your life. Happy, sad, <laughs> anger. Penang. <laughs> Could name a child that. Wouldn't make sense. Um it was good though. You liked it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was incredible, and I had the uh, I had the pleasure of you know watching you cook it too, like chop well, all the. What stuff. What was that saying? That part it was of great. The I was taking some pictures. He did. He Got took some lens. pictures. Yeah, and your your new new lens came today, right? Yeah. Are you pumped? Yeah. Maybe we need to get a second a second. <laughs> let's get a second camera angle going. You know. Yeah. Could be cool. If I ever do the slimes again, you could have an overhead. Yeah, we'll do an over. (laughs) You really see what the slimes are saying. Tell you what, I love the over the past few years. I've gotten to know Thai food and a a little bit more ethnic foods, like culturally diverse foods. Because at least where I grew up, it's not. It wasn't all that common for like our parents to be inclined to have like foods like that. No, it would be more like yeah, mashed potatoes and you know, chicken breasts and pork chops and that kind of stuff. But suddenly we start talking curry. We start talking fish sauce in there. We start talking cooking with peanut butter because that's in there. Coconut milk. Come on. This is a new world. It's a new level. Yeah. It's a new wave. That was one of the best things about watching. That's kind of where I was going with the watching you cook it is like you had all of these ingredients and I was like, all right. That's in there. Okay, that's in there. I pulled out some leaves for you. I was the. I was the. Yeah. Uh, what kind of leaf? The uh, 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 um, lime kefir leaves. Yeah, it, they kind of just stay a little hard, so yeah. there's no point in keeping them in there. I don't know what those are. Like what kefir means? K a k a f f i r. Yeah. But they add a little like yeah, dude. Just watch it. But okay, so all this, all the ingredients out there, and now that I'm eating it. When it's done, I have the most amount of respect for every ingredient because if you 
think about the taste or think about the ingredient, you yeah, can man. taste it. it it's insane. like a symphony of, of flavors. Yeah. And so the, the sweet plays with the savory, plays with the creamy, plays with the nutty. I mean, it's just really good. Penang curry. I forgot who actually... Oh, an old coworker of mine, Jonathan Nelson, got me on that. And the first time we ever went to... It was the second time, actually, that I ever had Penang curry, but it was the first time I ever went to this particular Thai restaurant. I read a Google review that said, yeah, this place normally doesn't spice their foods appropriately. You'll have to order a spice level up. This is a Google review. And I think somebody was trolling. I think somebody was actually oh. joking. Or, yeah, they, they, it was like a prank that I felt was performed directly and solely on me. So I go to a new... I'm, I'm in a new job at this point within the same company, but I did an intercompany transfer into a different department. I'm with my boss and my boss's boss and my whole team. And it's kind of a welcome slash birthday lunch for me because I hired in around the time of my birthday. And I read that Google review and I'm like, cool, I'll get the Penang curry hot because I usually go medium. I got the Penang curry and I felt like, <laughs> what's that guy's name from Dumb and Dumber? But that that's what it was like. I was at the, I was at the table and I was eating this unbelievably <laughs> spicy food and I was about to choke. I was, cho there was a, a couple times where I was like, had to cough under my breath, like, <laughs> yeah, just keep the water pitchers coming. They just, the lady eventually just set the water pitcher right in front of me. But yeah, I mean, I'm with my new team, boss and boss's boss. What's yeah. the character's name? Joe. Joe. Joe Mentolino. <laughs> uh, what's, his, what's the line? He's like, something about bad luck. Talk about being at the wrong, wrong place, place at the wrong, wrong time. time. <laughs> <laughs> while he's biting into the sandwich with peppers on it and then it just it like it kicks it like yes. hits him <laughs> there's a moment where it just, <laughs> he knows <laughs> that was me that was me with the penang curry at what what was it called like thai castle or something actually i just made that up i don't know what the place is called <laughs> thai castle dude the temperature and the heat level last night oh, was perfect per Perfect. Because it wasn't hot for no reason. It was hot with spice depth to it, flavor yeah. depth. Any um, less would under deliver and any more would be unenjoyable. It could overtake. <clears throat> Excuse me, bubble in my throat. Cool. I'm having my, uh, I, I've already taken a couple sips of this, but I'm. if you guys don't mind, I'm just having a protein shake right on the, right live on the stew. This is actually, it doesn't look like a shake though. It looks like flat Mountain Dew. I get this protein that's, um, it's not milky. It's it's lactose free. It's like juice. You shake it down and then it's just, it's great. It's not like you have to like you have to will yourself to like just slam it and not taste it. I enjoy sipping this. It tastes like juice. That's but nice. that probably means it's not good for me because anything that tastes good in life, with the, well, I don't know how good Penang curry is, but anything that tastes good in life for the most part isn't good for you. That's a fact. What if we had a sound bite? <laughs> We should start doing that. Can't imagine Evan. that Penang curry is bad. Chicken, peppers, yeah. onions. I'm just thinking about like the, um, I don't know what's in the paste. But anyway, I'm glad you liked it. Mom liked it too? Yeah, she loved it. Um, you know what's a fact that I think of about you? I think of this fact from time to time. Jordan used to think that Mel Gibson and the Christian singer Carmen were the same person. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I love that fact. I did. I love that fact. Does anybody know Carmen? Carmen was this very like evangelical out there 
Christian singer who would do these theatric performances of songs. And usually they involved like taking on the devil, whether it's in a boxing match or whether it's in like a duel with pistols in the old West or a number of different things. And they, those videos, did you watch any of those videos as a kid? They were scary. Yeah. The one that I remember specifically is like the sword fight. Like they're kind of like, not like gladiators, but like, what song was that? Was it mm, Satan Bite the Dust? I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. Satan Bit the Dust in every one of his songs, though. And rightfully so. <laughs> but those videos were scary. And then he came out, several years later, he, Carmen came out with this movie called The Champion. And it was like, he was like a boxer. And it was basically the Rocky II story where he was like in retirement and came back out of retirement against the doctor's wishes. And then he won the championship or something. Carmen the champion. I saw it at AMC 20. I'm going to have to find it. I, I can't find it, but I'll throw it up there. It's yeah. They're like I... bouncing, jumping off rocks and stuff and doing a big sword fight. Was it riot? Righteous invasion of truth. <laughs> or, Who's in the house? JC. You remember that? Dude. Yeah. It sounds Jesus. My mom not... had the VHS. My mom had a VHS. Well, who's in the house was a different album that was on the standard which when my brother and my dad and i went out west my dad only had one cassette tape and it was carmen the standard and so we listened to it to and from wyoming (laughs) (laughs) i could still probably tell you the track listing tell me who's in the house (laughs) <laughs> oh, church kids everywhere are just loving that. Guarantee it. Um, speaking of my dad, I thought of this story a couple days ago, and I told some of my friends. So my parents divorced when I was a young kid. And so most of my childhood, my parents lived in different houses. And so my dad, I, I we, my brother and I lived with, you know, our mom primarily. And then we, you know, hung out with dad on weekends and stuff here and there. Every other weekend, I think. But dad, for a while, lived in Redford. Now, Redford, Michigan is a city that borders Detroit. Some areas in Redford, you can raise a family. Some areas, you don't want to leave your car in the street or even in your driveway because it's rough. I don't know exactly <laughs> where my dad where my dad lived in terms of like the crime spectrum. But I do know that there was this corner store that he would frequent when he you know lived in Redford. He would stop in and talk to the old guy, store owner, get snacks, whatever. I remember going in there a couple times too. Don't remember the guy's name. But apparently my dad and his, like some friend of his, let's call him Kurt. Apparently they always talked about, man, this, this is a bad shop. You know, this is a bad situation for this guy. It's in a rough part of town, you know. Um, <laughs> so... The guy tragically got shot. Okay. And which is tragic. It's sad. But what's what is tickling me about this is that my dad was telling me the story about this when I was a kid. And he's like, Drew, Kurt called me and he just said, It happened. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. It's like I'm just picturing the phone ring, ring, ring. Hello? It happened. Clown. Oh, no. 
and he knew exactly what it meant. <laughs> it's, it's terrible to laugh about. But I told our buddy Will about this. And Will was saying, for example, I don't remember any of the exact examples he said, but it happened. And Drew, right then I knew that Gardner White liquidation sale was going on through Memorial Day. <laughs> All these arbitrary things. It happened. And right then I knew that Radio Shack was going out of business. <laughs> but it does suck that that guy died. Um, it happened, though. That almost might be what this episode's going to be called. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> And right then and there, I knew that it happened. <laughs> You're like, what? It happened, son. What else do I need to explain? Um, oh, man. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hello. Just, just to recap, ring, ring, ring. Hello. It happened. Wait, who is this? Click. And right then he knew. No, he knew. Oh, no, he, knew. <laughs> he knew it was his buddy. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Who is this? Click. But then right then he knew. The guy got shot. That sucks. Man, being a convenience store owner, operator, or just hourly associate would suck. Yeah. Especially in a rough part of town. Like, you constantly probably have to be like, it's almost like if you're, I, I picture a border patrol agent the same way, you know, like you never know who's going to be bringing what across the border, you know, right. whatever. You can never let your guard down. Yeah. Things are never what they seem, often what, not what they seem. And in that same, it would be like that same mentality carrying into the convenience store, working at 7-Eleven. It's like, man, this person looks unassuming, but are they going to pull a gun on me right. and try to take all the money? In the register. Do you just assume that you're going to get stolen from? At some point. You're not going to get, you're not going to put up a fight, are you? Or are they? Oh, no. They, I think they tell everybody, just comply. I yeah. think that's like bank, like bank associates, convenience store, like just whatever, jewelry store, just comply. If somebody comes in with a weapon, just comply. You probably have insurance. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I would assume. Looks like ooze, melted ooze. Surge. I had a friend, Evan, excuse me, Evan Butka. I was on drumline with him from 7th through 12th grade. Well, I was in like band and drumline with him. 7th through 12th grade. Love the kid. He's um, He directs videos and stuff, works in, in videography out in LA. And he had a can of Surge from like, that I think he had from like 6th grade all the way until we were like 20 or 22, he had a can of surge like on his shelf. And I think eventually it just like, it like ate through the the can in some areas, like the can broke down wow. over time. It's pretty crazy. I mean, you see what the, I shouldn't say you see, you've heard of those maybe urban myths about Coca-Cola. You put, you know, a couple nails in a jar of Coca-Cola and it'll dissolve. You can use it to remove driveway stains, all those things. Some Rust. of that's legit. I used to work for a company that made rubber sealing components. Anything that was like a surface to a surface and needed some kind of rubber seal in there, a gasket or an O-ring, they would do that. Most of their business is automotive, but they also do some other spaces as well. And one of those spaces in which they operate is food and beverage. And they got called by Coca-Cola one time 
you know those machines that are like it, it's like a digital display and you can get coke and then you can have it be vanilla coke cherry coke yeah grape coke all these different cokes yeah whatever it's highly customizable interactive screen because they need to be so highly versatile you have to have very 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 concentrated syrups in there and this company that i was working for got a call from coke and was like hey we're currently sourcing one of your competitors seals but the seal keeps getting eroded by the syrups that are in there like if you if i mean i know it's diluted by the time you, it gets to you but you got to think about it like if that can do that to a rubber polymer could could jack you up too you know yeah so anyway the company came up with um some like i don't know patented polymer composition and it worked and so they're in all the machines now good little market space for them those are in a lot of places yeah they're hot they're hot they're hot i always used to be like so proud to be like yeah dude my company we're in those things anywhere you see one of those you see my company (laughs) (laughs) but they are in every vehicle on the road too it's a great company and you'll never know what it is unless you go on my linkedin then you'll see it, but I'm not going to plug them on air. Not that because I, I mean, I left them on good terms and everything, but maybe they don't want to be affiliated with the Stouting Off podcast for whatever reason. Couldn't imagine, but um, I saw a meme today that made me laugh incredibly hard in the gym. And you know that meme of the guy holding a cup of coffee? at a table and it has some controversial thing on the the poster in front of him and it says change my mind. Yeah. This one said Joe Exotic is Steve Irwin's Wario. Change my mind. And it had this picture. Jordan, you can throw it up, but yeah. it had this picture of both of them with tigers. Steve Irwin <laughs> looks just like the most wholesome guy and then Joe Exotic <laughs> looks like a crazy person, which he is. <laughs> but Joe Exotic is Steve Irwin's Wario. Now for those of you who don't know, Wario was like the uh, doppelganger, evil doppelganger of Mario. So there you go. That's the whole thing. That's the whole explanation. What else do you want from me? It's straightforward. Um, and Jennifer Aniston's sofa is worth between 358K and 754K. Always love to see that. Just a ballpark. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> it's either this or about double this. Um, <laughs> but let's say it's on the low side of that. If the couch is worth three hundred fifty-eight grand, more than that, the average American home, what are you doing? Why are you spending like that? It says, cool. It says, Jennifer Aniston has a sofa that's more expensive than a house. In photos from Arch Digest tour of Aniston, Aniston's Bel Air home, the vintage Jean Royer polar bear sofa sits atop a light carpet in her living room. And I'll get Jordan this picture as well. Jean Royer sofas similar to the one in the actress's home have sold up to for up to 754 grand in recent years. Now, it's wasteful to spend that much on a couch. I mean, you could probably buy a couch for, say, even ten grand, and have it be really nice. Right. I don't. I don't want to tell people what they should and shouldn't spend their money on. But I tell you what, you could you could solve a lot of people's problems 
with 300 grand, you know? Yeah. What's your philosophy on that? People lavishly spending. I mean, I, I don't hate on that cause it's their money, yeah. but at the same time, like, so I can't judge, I can't make, I can't really make a case for it being wrong. I just don't, I don't like that, you know? Yeah. My thing is always, has always been get inspiration from like really cool things and then find it elsewhere where for cheaper. Yeah. Like, oh, you go into restoration hardware and you see a a sweet couch. Beautiful like boutique furniture store here. Yeah. And, you know, you go around and you see all this stuff. You see a table. I'm going to see the coffee table and I'm going to go home and I'm going to build it. Yeah, baby. But I'm not going to spend eight grand on a coffee table. I'm going to build it. No, no, no. This was from Restoration Hardware. I mean, it's sweet. And but how much my, did you get it for? A uh, fat zero. <laughs> my neighbor, my old neighbor Steve, one day was like, uh, "Hey, Drew, I've got this guy lived in a beautiful, huge home by himself, like five or six bedrooms. Never had visitors. And hey, Drew." I love neighborly chats, by the way. I'm getting out of my car. I hear, hey, Drew, that's music to my ears. So I incline my ears to him. I say, yes, Steve, how are you, man? What's going on? And uh, he said, yeah, I know you're moving soon into the new house, which is this house. I have this shelf that I don't really need anymore. I'm like, I don't know if I want your hand-me-down furniture. He's like, I've only had it for less than a year and it just doesn't, I don't really like how it looks in the room. I was going to just donate it to wherever, but you want to take a look at it? And I walk into his house. It's this beautiful, heavy duty. I mean, this thing probably weighed 80 pounds when we loaded in, loaded it in here. Probably more. Yeah, probably more. This thing was a pain in the neck. He was going to just donate it, take it to Goodwill. Goodwill people were probably about to be like, all right, I'm taking that and um, I'm going to sell it. Yeah, I love that be, guy though. Got to be four or five hundred bucks, right? That's what I would think. Yeah. Um, we'll send you a picture. We'll we'll put a picture of the thing on. We got a lot of pictures today. Yeah. Um, so that and then I liked that neighbor. Oh my gosh, we had such a cute moment one time. Um, we got to talking about something, something or other, and I found out that he plays piano. Well, he used to, he says, oh, I'm really rusty now and I haven't done it in forever and all this stuff. And so I, I, I'm like, Steve, he's like an older guy, probably 55. I'm like, Steve, I'm coming in your house. Let me see this play piano. I just want to hear what you've got, you know, thinking he might just poke around and not, not be very good. And I go into his house and he plays this unbelievable, like, jazzy tune and i took a video of it and i'm gonna try to find it right now it was so it was such a cute little moment i was like man i'm living for these neighborly catch-ups and i kind of have that now not to the same extent by any stretch but um i'm not gonna spend too much more time looking for this but i'm really i feel like i'm getting i'm getting warmer because i remember it being during a warm time of the year you guys want to hear what it sounds like right yeah. <laughs> Found it. Listen to this. I'm crying. Jeez. Isn't that so beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> 
Was he reading it? Yes. So sweetly. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you, Jordy. Send you another thing. <laughs> Save video. August 10th. Can you make a note of that? Yeah. For me to get that to you. Um, wasn't that so pretty, though? It was just such a nice little moment. Man, I tell you what. People all around us in our lives who go about their daily business, no one wants to go out of their, you know, like a person like Steve or I have this current neighbor who lives by himself and, you know, he just doesn't have, he doesn't have anybody, you know, no person like that is going to say 90% of the time, they're not going to reach out and be like, man, when I get to talk to you, it's the highlight of my day, you know? But I tell you what, people need and want to be known. They need to be known. And they, if, if there's somebody in your life who you can think of who, man, I need to check in on that person, whether it's an old neighbor or whether it's a friend who maybe doesn't have a lot of people close to them, call them up. Invite them over for dinner. Just be kind to them, you know? That's the richness of life. That's the richness of life. Community and being known and knowing others doesn't get better. No. It doesn't get better. And think about that. If you are kind of a, a person who doesn't have friends or family, I'm just thinking of my neighbor. Um, man, I see, I invited him over here one time just to kind of see the house. We were talk, We were out in the front yard talking about houses and our house floor plan is kind of similar at least it was they were built around the same time so we were talking and i said rick why don't you just come over and i could tell no one had like no neighbor on either side had ever invited him into their home before he lit up and i was i was like you know i also just finished my my drum shed in the backyard you know if you've heard me play drums at all um, that's why i'm playing back there and i showed him and he was just like wow you know he was thought it was really cool and when I was like, okay, well, cool, man. Nice to catch up with you for a little bit. We probably talked for like 20 or 30 minutes. Nice to catch up with you for a little bit. You have a good night. He's like, hey, Drew, thanks for showing me that stuff, man. <laughs> That's great. It was so sweet. It was yeah, it was such a tender thing. It's like the end of a 90s movie. <laughs> and then the electric guitar came in. He rolls away. No, it'd be Huey Lewis in the news. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's not, that's, um, Billy Jean. I'm trying to think of Huey Lewis in the news that, um, from back to the future. Let me see here. Um, Hey man. Hey Drew, can I tell you something? Yeah. I just wanted to say, <laughs> I just wanted to say something to you. I wanted to say, thanks for showing me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that didn't you're already starting to walk away a little bit hey drew yeah man thanks for showing me that stuff you got it rick <laughs> freeze frame yes <laughs> that's the power of the ding 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 ding
Good song. Back to the Future. We talked about it in episode one, I think. And that's a good movie. And that's a really good movie because I love that movie. And the plot is really cool. And I didn't realize how complicated it was and how cool it was and how funny it was when I was just a kid. That's the first time I saw it. And then I saw it as an adult and it was awesome. You like that? I can freestyle. Um, What else did I want to talk about here, Jordy Locks? Um, Oh, I want to clear the air on something fiance when you spell the female version has two e's when you spell just the male version it has one e and when you spell the two e version for females it has the little on the first one hey i'm just saying it's the elephant in the room you guys who did it i don't know i saw it on somebody houdini and i i'm not i mean i'm not (laughs) houdini penang (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh Penang Houdini Houdini um, the boys are silly tonight it's fine I let's go into uh, what's Drew been watching I started and finished within 24 or so hours a series on Netflix called 60 Days In. Now, I had never heard of 60 Days In prior to seeing it pop up again. A little advertisement on my queue, on my main screen, I guess you could say, my launch screen. I'd never heard of it before, but apparently this is the fifth season of it, the one that's on Netflix now. Well, all, all of them are, but there's a new season and that's what they were pushing. For those of you who don't know what 60 Days In is, it's about people... It's about like five people who go undercover in one of America's toughest and most violent prisons. They're going undercover because they were asked by the the the, the person who runs the the um, the prison, the warden, I guess. He's a sheriff. Excuse me, <laughs> pre-workout making me burps, making me burps, and. Um, these people go in undercover and these are violent inmates and without spoiling too much, none of our people, or I should say none of the people who go in there undercover. I mean, they were the protagonists kind of in the story because they're going in there trying to uncover information about how drugs are getting in and what gang, what gangs there are and how general operations of, the the prison are just going in general you know are the are the guards fair and what's the relationship like between the guards and the inmates this etc so operations drugs and gangs those are the things that they're focusing on none of the people who go in undercover are hurt but there are some close calls and man a couple of the people really begin to like assimilate like they're comfortable in jail in violent jail. It's really wild to see. There's this guy, Abner, who actually was in prison at some point, And then God got a hold of his heart. Now he's a chaplain and, and stuff like this. But he used to be like uh, a Chicano gangbanger. I mean, he was, he was, yeah, a bad, a bad man. And um, he got reformed, whatever. But then he goes back to jail and he's like suddenly this different guy again. He's his old self. It's pretty, Dang. it's crazy. He snaps it's, back into it. Yeah, it's wild. Snap back into it. He became like the leader of the whole prison. 
<laughs> he became the the leader of like his whole pod is what they call it like 40 or 50 guys he was the enforcer isn't that wild gotta imagine they're not sending anybody that could like not hold their own right like are they these sent, guys uh, they sent this one dude mark in he already sounds like a bad idea he's the softest guy i've ever seen in my life he makes me look like rambo mixed with a convict <laughs> so tough and strong and not scared to what are they doing the sending mark in he so they had stories for each of the people and why they were chosen to go in. One was a police officer. Another was an ex-convict, this guy Abner. You know, these stories go on and on. They get to Mark. <laughs> They're like, you're going to get eaten alive in there. But they chose him because he's a super fan of the show. No way. So he loves the show. He He's no longer with us. <laughs> That's insane. Without spoiling too much. Oh, by much. the way, I don't know that. I've never seen it. Yeah, no, no. Without spo- I know that. Without spoiling too much, he gets appointed as like second in command of one of the gangs. <laughs> Just think of the nerdiest, whitest guy you could ever see. He's balding. His facial hair is terrible. He's overweight with glasses. He's never done anything difficult physically in his entire life. He gets appointed to be second in command. <laughs> For a gang in one of America's most violent prisons. Because he was a fan of the show. Because he was a fan of the show. Um, I wonder what he's been watching. Probably <laughs> probably his season. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a cool show, though. Um, anyway, 60 Days In. That's what Drew's been watching. It happened. Click. And right then I knew, Drew, that Jordan had Penang Curry last night. <laughs> and everything changed. Changed my life. <laughs> everything changed. Um, Man. The internet is kind of a sucky place to be right now. Social media specifically. Do you ever check Facebook? Yeah, every day. I think on my Facebook, I probably have, I mean, I have, I don't know, between 1,500 and 2,000 friends probably. I think I probably have about 1,000 hidden. (laughs) Or maybe just the algorithms just feed me the same people all the time, which is totally possible. We talked about that on the episode where we discussed the social dilemma. But man, comment sections of any, anything posted online especially if it's pushing like diversity or if it's anything remotely that could ever be considered political, if it could be politicized like COVID. I mean, people are like going for blood in the comments. And I tell you what, when it comes to, when it comes to like opposing views of you, people who see things differently, when it comes to perhaps people groups that, you maybe have prejudices toward when it comes to just people who see the world differently than you do. Instead, let me encourage you. Let me admonish you if you will allow me. I think we all, including myself, need to, rather than cast judgment and rather than condemn people who are different from us, 
why don't we just communicate with them in an honest way? Why don't you have a conversation? Because here, the reason I say this is as follows, (laughs) and I quote, no, it's not a quote. Um, I find that communication solves 90%, and that's, that's a mathematical, statistically accurate figure of problems and disagreements in life. Would you agree with that? When you get to communicate with somebody and not just in a conflict, but say it's somebody who sees things differently than you, ask them why. And you'll usually find that you have more in common with that person than you thought. I think as people, we have more in common with each other than we don't, you know? When I, when I was traveling in Japan, things are done way differently there. And some things didn't make sense to me, like eating, like I couldn't eat on the subway or talk on the subway, which I wanted to do both simultaneously. I wanted to laugh loudly because I was with my guys and everything was funny. There are a lot of things that are done differently there. But what I realized from traveling to such a, what you know, quote unquote, foreign place. And by that, I just mean it's so different. It's so other from what I'm used to. What I gathered from that is that everybody, ultimately humans are all the same. We we all have the same needs. And for the most part, we all have the same desires. We just meet them in different ways. And I really think that when it comes to political and cultural divide, man, it, it shouldn't be this team versus that team. Because ultimately, most people don't just hate other people for no reason. Most people aren't rotten. Most people aren't jerks. <laughs> They allow these circumstances and they allow the, the, the cultural pressure and the political stuff to just like cloud their judgment and suddenly make other people enemies, you know? But if we were just a people who could slow things down and see, try to see the good in other people and hear them out for why do you feel that way? You know, why, why did you post this? Can you tell me why? And, and not from an accusatory tone, right? Uh, help me understand why should I think that way versus this way? You know, tell me. If we had more conversations like that, this world would be a different place. Do you agree? Yeah, dude. Communication so, is key. It's so key. key what key, about key. in a marriage? Is, is communication important? It's everything. Yeah, right? Gotta imagine. Can't function without it. Well, I mean, suppose you could, but it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be dysfunction. Yeah. Right? It's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. And but it's not that? even a, it's not even a marriage or politics. It's literally everything. Everything. How does a business run? It runs on communication and collaboration. Between How does a people? friendship run? Runs on communication, except for us and Danny Black. We talk once a year. Yeah, <laughs> but true. Danny Black. We, we talk pick with up him where we left off always. But the expectation has been communicated. Yeah, that's true. Communication. I heard somebody say recently. Speaking of expectation. Um, Oh, it's Paul Kiger, this guy that I follow on Facebook, actually. We're friends, and he's in Grand Rapids. He's a counselor, I believe. He said that resentment happens when expectations aren't met. And a lot of times, we this is a different topic, so don't mind me going on the soapbox for just a couple more minutes. He said, oftentimes, we end up resenting people who we love or we, we harbor bad feelings because they didn't meet an expectation that we set for them that they never agreed to <laughs> or knew about or knew about. Yeah. That's what I mean, man, I do that so much. I, 
Yeah, that's a, that's a struggle. I mean, it can even be something as little as you were late to meet me. And you were later than what I thought you should be. And now I'm pissed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's not, <laughs> that's not about our... Jordan and I were supposed to shoot the podcast a couple times today and schedule kept get moving around. That's not what that's about. I'm just saying like it's something as little as that, you know? Yeah. Or you you invited all these people to this thing that I know I probably wouldn't enjoy doing anyway, but you didn't invite me and so I'm pissed. <laughs> you know? We yeah. make things up and that person on the other end in that scenario would be like, you don't like bourbon. Why would I invite you to the bourbon tasting? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I just wanted to be invited and I was expecting you. I had an expectation that you would invite me just so I could say no, et cetera. Man, life is heavy, isn't it? Um, but if we navigate it right, there's a lot of joy to be found. There's a ton of joy to be found. That's Dr. Drew. That's another segment we could do. What's Dr. Drew been watching? What's Dr. Drew been watching? And it's always just Dr. Drew, <laughs> the show, <laughs> with Dr. Drew Pinsky, the, doc, the medical doctor. How are we doing on time, Jordy? Mm, we're going to play some Call of Duty tonight for the first time since, I don't know, May? Yeah, early. May, early in so. quarantine. Early. We got it in March. We played for about, it felt like two or three months, but we probably didn't even make it to May. I didn't. I was I getting know. pissed, but I'm in a better headspace now. <laughs> we'll see. It'll we set all come it down for quite some time. We did. My right. Xbox was covered in dust. Um, so this has been episode 24, right? 24. Oh, man. I can't believe we're already 24 episodes in. Feels just like 20. You know, honestly, I don't know where those the other four went. Um, that's all we've got today for the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Bye-bye. <laughs>